Well, good morning, Gateway. Let's stand together for worship.
glad to be in the Father's house. Amen.
Upon that cross, and I'll never. 
anything, coerce you to do anything. But a lot of times I've noticed and I've been there, we come into church and we're afraid to let go. And this is the place we're supposed to let go. This is the place we're supposed to lay everything at the feet of Jesus. Whatever we face that week, whatever problems we've been holding on to, this is the place. We can come in here for a Jason Crab concert and everybody can go wild, but when we come to the feet of Jesus, it's just proper because that's what we think we've been taught. I want to ask you to do something this morning, and you don't have to do it. We're going to sing this chorus a couple more times, and I'm just going to ask you not to worry about who's next to you, to just close your eyes and sit in this moment. When we're worshiping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and everything he's rescued you from and everything he's brought you through. And if you want to lift your hands or you want to bow down or however you want to worship him this morning, I'm going to ask you just to have that freedom, that spirit of freedom this morning as we tell him that we love him and we worship him. Here I am to worship, here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful too. And I'll never know. I'll never know how much it costs to see sin upon that cross I'll never know how much it costs to see my sin upon that cross so here I am to worship here I am to bow down here I am to just sing it out to him, church. You're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful too. One last time. Here I am to Father, we're so thankful that you sent your only son to die on the cross for our sin. God, we, we can never imagine or comprehend the love that you had for us. Father, this morning as we stand in your presence,
Father, I lift up your name because you're worthy. You're worthy to receive glory and honor and all praise. God, I pray that our praise will be music to your ears, a sweet savor. God, I pray that we will live our lives, not just when we come into this place, but God, we will live our lives as worship to you. Father, I pray that as we go into your word today, God, that you open up our eyes and open up our hearts, open our ears to hear what it is that you want to speak to us through your Holy Spirit. I come against everything that would hinder our worship, that would hinder our receiving. Father, I know that you have something that you want to speak of something that you want to do. Father, may there be a a sense of freedom in this place like we've never experienced. Father, as we stand in reverence and honor of the one who loved us, the one who died for us, the one who rose again so that we could have life. Father, I thank you. Father, I praise you for this moment. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Could you just, in your own way, just tell God how thankful you are. Just how, whatever that means to you. However you'd like to do it, Father, we thank you. And Father, we praise you. And God, I thank you for your presence. That's not just here, but that goes with us. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Look at somebody beside you and let them know that you are glad that they are at Gateway Church this morning. I see all the late, the late crowd. You didn't want to get up. Uh, maybe you thought the temperature would rise just a little bit between the first service and the second service. Uh, we are glad that you're here, and uh, we're excited about what God is doing. I want to let you know that we are still in the, in the middle of, there's about two weeks left uh, of the building fund uh, drive or campaign that we're doing. Um, if you're not familiar with that, we had uh, someone come to us and uh, say, hey, you know, until the end of November to help celebrate 15 years of ministry. Uh, we want to bless the church. And um, they've uh, said that up to $20,000, that every dollar that's given to the building fund, that they're going to match that. And uh, so we are in the process of doing some, uh, some renovation. And uh, we've been working on uh, three additional restrooms, a couple for uh, one for the youth and and a couple behind the stage here where people have classes and and the staff are a lot of times and uh, so we've completed one of those and we're uh, I think we'll have another one complete by the end of this week and then we'll start working on the one upstairs uh, but there's always lots of things to do and uh, as you know lots of things to do equals uh, lots of money to do them with and so we want to thank you for your continual giving for your faithfulness uh, and allowing uh, God to to bless not just uh, you know, we want to do things to improve the building, but your faithfulness also helps us reach out to the community. And uh, we have uh, did that in October. We're going to be blessing uh, some families for Thanksgiving. And then, how many people has ever been part of our uh, Christmas uh, outreach uh, with the, the kids and buying? And uh, if you're not familiar with that, uh, it'll, it'll be here. We always try to get those names to you. We're taking uh, between 25 and 30 names uh, of children this year. Uh, that we'll be buying Christmas for and help providing Christmas. 
And uh, you guys have always, uh, we usually never go past the first Sunday, but we try to get those names to you by Black Friday because I've watched some of you shop on Black Friday, and uh, you are serious about your shopping. And uh, so we want you to be able to get out there and get the best deals for these kids that, that were and families that we're buying for. Uh, but it's through your giving and your, and your faithfulness that we're able to do that. So as I mentioned, this month we are celebrating 15 years of ministry. And uh, last weekend we had a, a great weekend with Jason Crabb and Mickey Bell. And, and there were so many moving parts. Uh, but it was awesome as pastor to, to be able to step back and, and to watch the church in motion to be able to, to see the church function the way that it was supposed to function. There was so many different things that had to be done. You had to have people with, with different types of knowledge and, and different uh, gifts and, and passions. And we all came together and, and we made a difference. And so as, as we begin to, to prepare for the services for the remainder of this year, um, it's hard to believe there's only seven Sundays left, counting today, left in 2021. Did anybody know that? How many people are counting the Sundays uh, un- until Christmas? Anybody, already, anybody ever already started playing Christmas music? All right, let's just be honest. Confession's good for the soul. How many people have already put out your Christmas decorations? Oh, yes, we've got, yes, we've got some people uh, that are already in the Christmas spirit. And um, it's just hard to believe that 2021 is almost gone. Um, but it's that time of year that, that usually I would be looking at, you know, a good Thanksgiving series and, and then to follow that up with a Christmas series. And, and so as I begin to pray and begin to, to study and look and, and just really seek God for what He would have me do for these last few Sundays uh, remaining in 2021. Um, and as I begin to do that, I could not get away from uh, this month of celebration. I couldn't get away from the fact that for the last 15 years that we have been doing ministry, and honestly, we've tried to, to do it a little bit different than, than maybe some were accustomed to. When this church was, was, was launched, um, we set out to, to do something and to create a church where everyone felt like they had a place. And I look around this room today, and I, I see so many new faces uh, the number of, of people and new families that, that God has added uh, to our local congregation in 2021 is honestly amazing. Um, and God continues to add people weekly. But when people come in and, and, and guests come in, the, the one thing that I'm, I'm almost always told here that is that the atmosphere is just so unique, that it's so different. Uh, I, I was told that again this morning. They say the people here really seem to love God. They really seem to, to be concerned about people and, and, and care about the community. And they really seem to like each other. You see, often we're, we're used to going to a church or to churches uh, where maybe that's not always the case. But when we launched this church, we said we want a place where people want to come. We want a place where it's evident that we love God and that we love people. And uh, we believe in it so much that we, we placed it uh, on the back walls. But there's a, another thing on, on the wall at the back of this room that also hangs, and it just says Gateway Church. And as I stand here every Sunday and I preach, uh, I, I, I'm always scanning. And I try not to look at anybody, so a lot of times I'm looking at the back walls. And, and I'm always reminded, you know, while you're preaching, you love God. Uh, while you're, you, you have to show that. You have to show that you love people. But I also want to say something that, that, that might be, uh, you, you might shy away from, but I want you to hear me out. 
I want you to know that, that I love Gateway Church. Not just the church, but in particular this local body. And I believe that, that it's okay to say that and it's okay to love your church. Yes, God is building a universal church. And he's building it all over this world. But he's also building a, a local church, a local body. A local body that was placed right here in this community to impact the community around us. And so as I begin to look at what Gateway was founded on and, and going forward, you know, sometimes the, the farther away that you get from something being new, the easier it is to forget what it was like when it was new. Um, you know how it is when you buy that new car? And, you know, in the beginning, everything's just real new, and you, you care about everything, and, you know, there's no food allowed in it. But, but the farther that you get away and the more payments you have to make, the more that, 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 that new car smell. Anybody like that new car smell? It just... But there's nothing like taking that, that car that used to be new and, and going back and, and, and getting it detailed and getting it cleaned up and, and, you know, spraying some stuff in it that makes it smell good once again and, you know, picking up the hamburgers that are under the seat and, and the French fries. And, 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 and you do that, and all of a sudden, you, you, be, you fall back in love with it. And so for the next four weeks, that's, that's what I want to do. I want to talk about four things, four things that, that when we founded Gateway Church that we believe that, that it should be. And I want to reiterate and, and, and go back to some of those principles and philosophies. There's four things that we believe the church should be. We believe that, that it should be supernatural. We believe that it should be missional. We believe that it should be attractional and that it should be relational. So for the next four weeks, we're going to take each one of those and sort of unpack them. Uh, we're going to go a little bit deeper as, as to what we're talking about. A church is supposed to be supernatural. It's supposed to be life-changing. It's supposed to transform us. It's also supposed to be relational. I mean, you can't come to, to a building like this with a group of people that you're rubbing elbows with, uh, that you're maybe serving on a team, Serving in a ministry, uh, you're trying to find a parking spot, you're trying to find a seat, you're trying to get that last piece of Mountain Dew cake, and the person in front of you takes the last piece and you, you want to tackle them. You're dealing with relationships. So a church should be relational, and it is relational. It's also attractional. You say, Pastor, what do you mean by that? Uh, I, I mean that, that a church should be attractive to unbelievers. It should be attractive to the unsaved. It should be attractive to those who are unchurched. It should be attractive to those who maybe have been hurt by religion or, or hurt by church. We should be creating a place where, where those people will want to come through those doors and find a place where they can call home. And I'm here to tell you that there are people like that all around us. There are people in this tri-state area who are looking for a place where they can call home. A place where they find a sense of family. A place where people are being turned on to Christ and not turned off. Uh, lastly, a church needs to be missional. In other words, we have to understand that we gather together for a reason. It's not just so that we could check something off on, on a list of uh, to-do lists. It's not just so that we can say, well, I've, I've done my, my deed for the week. You know, I spent my hour in, in, in God's house, and, and now I can go about. 
There's a reason that we meet, and, and, and for a church that, that's not missional, that doesn't have a mission or, or doesn't have a reason that they really gather, then they lose the, the reality of, of why they really exist. So over the next four weeks, we're going to break it all down. Uh, we're going to go into 2022 knowing exactly why we were founded, why we were launched, and why we exist as a church. And, and I can stand here, and this is not just preacher talk, Okay. I believe that going uh, that 2022 is going to be the greatest year in the history uh, of this body, of this church. That we're going to see people come to the knowledge and the power of Jesus Christ. And, and I believe that people uh, all across this community are going to find a place where they can call home. A place where, where they can bring their hurts and they can lay them down at the feet of Jesus. I, I truly feel that in my spirit. So today I, I want to, to begin by looking at what we mean by when we say that a, a church should be supernatural. Uh, when we define the word supernatural, uh, it, it simply means something beyond human efforts. Something beyond human efforts. Uh, a church needs to be more than just a bunch of programs. Uh, we could get uh, all the, the, the smart people together and we could put together all the programs and have all the systems. Uh, but if we just come together and there's nothing and there's no uh, lives being transformed, if there's nothing supernatural that happens, uh, then a church is not what it needs to be. Uh, when we come together, we need to, to come to a place uh, that, that we realize that man couldn't do it and man couldn't build it if he tried. We need to come to a place where, where we know that the only reason that, that lives are being changed and people are being touched is supernatural because of God. Uh, when we look at the birth of Jesus, uh, you know, Christmas is right here upon us. And when we begin to talk about the birth of Jesus and how that, that it was supernatural, uh, it was something that, that man couldn't make happen. It was something that didn't happen by human effort. Uh, the Holy Spirit came upon Mary. And it was something that supernatural happened the way that Jesus was born. It wasn't done by man. We look at the birth of the church, the New Testament church. We look at the day of Pentecost. And that same Holy Spirit, that, that supernatural Holy Spirit that, that caused and allowed Jesus to be born, also birthed the church. And the church would become an unstoppable force. The church would be, 120 people would begin, and the Holy Spirit would fall on them, and they would go out and do something that man couldn't do. You say, well, pastor, how do you know that, that, that they couldn't have just done it? It's because Jesus looked at them and said, listen, if you try to do this on your own, if you try to do this with your own effort, you're going to fail. Jesus knew that the church, the birth of the New Testament church, his bride, it had to be something supernatural. So in the New Testament, we see a, an instance where Jesus is with his disciples. And he, and he asks them, he says, who do men say that I am? And they said, well, you know, Master, some say that you're John the Baptist, and, and some say you're Elijah, and some say Jeremiah, and, and some say even some of the other prophets. And Jesus said, okay, that's... That's good. And then he goes a little bit deeper and he says, well, who do you say that I am? He said, okay, I know who they're saying I am, but, but who do you say that I am? 
And in Matthew chapter 16, verse 16 through 18, Simon Peter spoke up and he answered. He said, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Now, when Jesus was speaking this, he was actually in front of the place. The gates of, of Hades, or the gates of hell, was an actual place. And he was standing there, and, and, and what this was, was they believed that it was a river. It was like a cave, and it was like a river to the underworld. And the pagans believed that, that in that cave, in that river, that, that gods lived there. And so they had this pagan worship going on. And Jesus is standing there and he said, listen, I'm going to build a church. I'm going to put my spirit in people. That, that, that no force, no false worship, no darkness, no demon, nothing can destroy. He said, I'm going to, to put my spirit in a group of people that's going to advance the cause of Christ, advance my cause, that nothing's going to be able to stop them. Why? Because what's in them is greater than anything that they face. And so Jesus began to, to, to call us out. Uh, the word church is actually, it means called out together. It's the word ecclesia. Called out together. In other words, you know, you can't have a church by yourself. God called us out of darkness into His marvelous light, but He didn't call us to sit alone in that light. He's called us to be a family, to be an unstoppable force, to be an, an army, a force in this earth. And He's told us that when you gather together, I am there. I am in the midst in Matthew chapter 18, verse 20, he said, For where two or three gather in my name, there I am I with them. There am I in the midst. There I am. In Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17, it says, The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but he will rejoice over you with singing. He says, I'm with you. I rejoice over you. How many people would say that, that you were saved in some kind of, whether it was a church service or it was a, a church-sponsored event, maybe a youth camp, or, or how many people came to the knowledge of Christ that way? If you do a, a survey, most people, when asked, they came to the, to the knowledge of Christ in meetings just like this. Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 19 says, At that time I will deal with all who oppressed you. I will rescue the lame. I will gather the exiles. I will give them praise and honor in every land where they have suffered shame. In other words, he said, when you come together in the midst, and I'm in the midst, when you gather together, when you are called out, I'm going to, to do things. I'm going to heal the lame. I'm going to, to, to gather the exiles. I'm going to, to do all of these things, but it's when you're together and I'm in the midst. There's three things that he does when we gather together. And that's what I want to look at this morning. He saves us, he believes in us, and he perfects us. 
when those things happen, we understand that, that church isn't just a social gathering, but it's supernatural. Church is not just something that, that's a, a feel-good to, to help remove the, the guilt that's in our life. It's supernatural. Church is not just a, a weekend event. It should be supernatural. What happens here should be supernatural. His love is supernatural. His faith in us is supernatural. His perfecting us is supernatural. He says, I'm going to build my church. So this morning, I want to talk about three elements of building. Now, for most of you who know me, you're thinking, what are you, how are you going to tell me anything about building? Uh, because you know that I've, I've told you that when we were working on this building, uh, it was my job to not touch any power tools. It was my job that, that when there was work to be done, they found a reason for me to go to Lowe's uh, so that I would be nowhere near the, 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 the power tools, the paintbrush, the paint can, uh, because they knew that, uh, that I'm just not a builder. So I'm, but there are a few things I've learned over the course of the last three years. Uh, there's three elements of building. There's the foundation, there's the framing, and then there's the finishing. The first and most important part is the foundation. When we were purchasing this building, we came in and, and uh, we looked at it, and, and to be honest, it, it, it didn't look like much. But we hired a, or we had a contractor come over and we said, we want you to walk through this building and we want you to look at the structure. We want you to look at the foundation because we knew that, that if the foundation was right, if the foundation was okay, then it was something to build on. And uh, when it comes to Christ building his church, the, the foundation is his love. The foundation is his love. He saves us. Love is the foundation. You see, every other religion other than Christianity is based on fear. Many of us were, were raised in a church where you had a, uh, maybe a Sunday school teacher or a preacher say, son, you better get saved or you're going to hell. And you thought, man, I don't, know, I don't want to go there. And you thought, I I'm going to have to follow Christ. But it was out of fear. And so you've lived your entire life fearing God in an unhealthy way. The foundation of Christianity, the foundation of the church is not fear, but it's for God so loved the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. For God so loved the world that he loved me. For God so loved the world that he created me. For God so loved the world that he died for me. The second Timothy verse one, uh, chapter 1 verse 7 says, For the Spirit of God gave us, gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power and love and self-discipline. Uh, another version says that God, this, he didn't give us the spirit of fear. Uh, but so often, that's what our foundation is based on. And so when we build our foundation of the church or of our lives on anything other than love, the love of God, it's not going to survive. When we come together, we come together to celebrate the fact that He loves us. We come together to celebrate the fact that He died for us. When we come together, we come together to celebrate the fact that He rose again. And for people who have never experienced the love of Christ, for many of them, they, they look at 
us gathering every Sunday to celebrate that fact. And they see it foolish. They look at it and think, why in the world would they give up you know, a weekend at the, at the river or give up traveling? Or, or, or why in the world would they even get out of bed when it's 35 degrees outside to come to a place to gather together? But for those of us who have truly experienced the love of Christ, for those of us who, who have truly made that step and taken that step to be a follower of Him and, and have accepted that He loves us no matter what, to us it's wise. It's the foundation. The Bible tells us that God is love. It's not human love, but it's His love. John 15 verse 13 tells us this, Greater love has no, no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. He says there's no greater love. No greater love. He loves His church. He loves his church. He died for this church, for his church. He's passionate about it. That God that created you, that loved you, that died for you, he loves you. Romans chapter 8 verse 15 says this. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. He says it's not fear, it's love. And that has to be the foundation of your life and, and of this church. Secondly, um, is the framing. We're framed by his faith. In other words, he believes in us. He believes in us. Um, the, the framing, we're not framed by our faith. Because our faith is human effort. But God's faith in me is supernatural. It has nothing to do with us and has everything to do with Him. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. It says, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave Himself for me. You see, if I had to base everything off of my faith, uh, let's be honest, there are days that, that, that I get up and think, okay, God, I know you're going to do it. God, I know you're going you're to meet this need. God, I know you're going to take care of it. God, I know that you love me. And then there's other days that um, I, I get up and think, man, I just want to go back to bed. There's other days that I get up and, and, and my faith may be wavering a little bit. Uh, all of us, we're, we're up and we're down. I mean, you look at, at King David in the Bible. I mean, there were days that, that he was up. There were days that he, he, he was down. I mean, if there would have been Prozac back in Bible times, I believe David would have got a double dose. Because you look at just how that just he was up and he was down. He was making mistakes, and, and, and he was feeling bad about himself. And, 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 but we have to understand that we don't live by our faith, but we live by the faith of the Son of God. He believes in us. He saw something in us worth dying for. You see, when we look at ourselves, all we can see is what we've done in the past. All we can see is either our past state or our present state. But we have to know that Christ sees us in our finished state. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says, But God demonstrated His love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 
He didn't look at us and say, well, you're not worth dying for. He didn't look through time and say, well, they're going to make all these mistakes. They're going to mess up so many times that, 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 that my son's not worthy. Shouldn't have to pay for their mistakes or their sin. It says, no, while we were messing up, while we were still sinners, he died for us. He died for you and he died for me. And he did that because he believes in us. So, some people, you see yourself, you look at your past or you look at your present state and you can't see your finished state. A lot of people have quit. You're trying to follow Christ and, and, and you get discouraged or you get disappointed and something doesn't go right. You, you mess up and you quit. But I'm here to tell you this morning, when those moments happen, don't quit. Because your present state is not your finished state. In Isaiah chapter 46, 9 through 10, it says, I am the Lord and there's none like me, declaring the end from the beginning. In other words, God knows the end from the beginning. He knows the difference. And he's saying that, that I've started a work in you, I'm going to finish it. And he looks at us and he sees all the mess and he sees the mistakes. And he says, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you've done because I'm framing you. I believe in you. I believe in you finished. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 11 and 12. says, both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are out of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. And he says this, I will declare your name to my brothers and sisters in the assembly. You know what he was talking about? He said, when we gather together, I'm going to declare. I'm going to declare. In other words, when you gather together at church, you realize how much that he believes in you. Listen, this happens to me all the time. There are many Sundays that I stand over there and I begin to, to look and, and look out over the, the, the congregation and look at your faces and I think, you know what, God? You, I think you've got the wrong guy. There are some Sunday mornings that, that I get up and I think, man, I, I, I'm, I don't believe in myself. But then when I gather together and I, and I see your faces and I see hands lifted and, and I, I see uh, Pastor Nick and this amazing uh, music team leading us into worship and, and the Spirit begins to, to just speak to my heart. And when He begins to speak to me, it's like, I believe in you. I believe in you. Even though you've messed up, I've not given up. I see you in your finished state. When Jesus tells Peter in Matthew 16, you know, you, you know the story of Peter. You know how that uh, he, was, he was a mess. But he looks at Peter and he says, listen, you're no longer going to be called Simon. Now, Simon, is, it means a reed. And a reed is something that it just goes whatever the way the wind is blowing. A, a reed is, is unstable. And you can look through Peter's life, and you, you can see that he really lived up to his name. Because whatever the wind, whatever he needed to think and he needed to say, or there was times that, that uh, he was bold in his faith and, and he was ready to, or he did cut off the ear of, uh, of a soldier that was coming to take Jesus. 
And then there was other times that, that he would blow the other way and, and, and he was blowing and he was weak in his faith and, and, and the little girl, he wouldn't even say that he knew Jesus. So here Jesus is talking to him and saying, Peter, I know what your personality is. Peter, I know what, what, what you tend to do. I know that, that you just go whichever way the wind's blowing. He said, but... Let me tell you what I'm going to do in you, Peter, because I see you in your finished state. He said, you're going to be called Peter. And the significance of that is, is that that means a piece of the rock. That means an unshakable object. When we went out to, to Colorado in the spring, and you saw all the massive rocks. And, and you would see, and, and they looked like they were just hanging on nothing, but you would see people walking on them. Now, I didn't have that much faith. But I began to, to realize, hey, that rock, is, it, it's solid. It may look like it's, it's just hanging in midair, but, but it's solid. It's unshakable. And that's what Jesus was telling Peter. Jesus was saying, listen, Peter, I, I know what your personality is, but I'm going to build my church, and you're going to be the rock that I build it on. Third thing, after we lay the foundation and, and we frame up the walls, and to me, that, that stuff's boring. I mean, I would come in here and, uh, you know, during this, during this second, uh, the upstairs, doing the youth room and stuff, I would come in here and I would just see, you know, two-by-fours and, and, and the foundation and the two-by-fours up, and I thought, man, when, when are we going to get to the good stuff? You know, when are we going to start putting some paint on these babies and putting the floor down? And, and when are we going to uh, uh, hang some TVs? And when are we going to do all that stuff? Because that's what I like. Uh, I don't like the, the foundational part. I don't like the framing. But, man, when we start seeing the finishing, when we start bringing in the countertops, when we start doing those things, I mean, that's... And when we look at our lives, he, we have that foundation. And then we understand that he believes in us. And then he begins to finish us. Because it's that finishing state that satisfies us. I mean, if you just walked in here every week and you just you saw no progress and you just saw two-by-fours, you would think, man, that's not very satisfying. It's not very appealing. I'm going to go to church where they, you know, where they finish what they started. But Jesus finishes us to satisfy us. He tells us in Zephaniah, that chapter 3, verse 19, he said, I will undo all that affects you. He said, I'm going to, to put the finishing touches on it. I'm going to, I just didn't lay the foundation with my love. I'm not just putting the, the framing because, because I believe in you, but I want to perfect you. I want to make you into something beautiful. For some of us, we look at our lives and we think that can never happen. We look at, we look at our lives and we think, man, when we... When we first started looking at this building, I'm, I'm not a person that can walk into a place and I, I can't visualize stuff, okay? Um, I, I just can't. And we walked into this building, and, uh, you know, these people are like, we could do this, and we could do this, and we could do this, and, and all this. And, and, and my first thought is, you know, we could get a stick of dynamite, just level this place, put up a nice metal building. I mean, I'm just being honest. That's where I was at because I, I just couldn't see it. I mean, I could see places where they had, uh, there was a lot of places in this building where they had started a project, 
And uh, I don't know what happened, but it never got finished. So uh, there was things that, that were just left in that framing state. And I couldn't even look at that and, and, and see what it could look like when it was finished, when it was perfected. And a lot of times that's the same way in our lives. We, we look at our lives and we think, God, you know, I'll never have that. I'll never be made into something beautiful. I'll never be made into something useful. Matthew chapter 16, verse 19. Here's what happened. This is why that... and how He perfects us. He says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. You say, Pastor, what are you talking about? Now, a lot of people believe that, that this was, uh, you know, this was Jesus giving Peter a title. But I believe that this was Jesus giving Peter the keys to the kingdom. I believe that this was Jesus giving him authority. I believe that this was Jesus saying, listen, I have access to heaven, and now I'm giving that access to you and to the church, to my followers. When you, be thinking, when you begin thinking about, maybe you, you have someone in your life that maybe, you, you, I think about Christy and I, you know, we have keys to all the same stuff. You know, she's got a key to, to my car, I've got a key to hers. We have the access codes, we have the garage door openers, we have access to all the same stuff. And this is what Jesus is telling Peter, he's saying, listen, I'm giving you access to the th same thing that I have access to. He said, you, you've watched me. You've watched me heal the sick. You've watched me do all of these miracles. And he said, now, Peter, I'm giving it to you. I'm giving it to the church. I'm giving you the same authority. I'm giving you power to, to bind things. I'm giving you the, the power of prayer. I'm giving you the, the, the authority that when things are, are bothering you that you can gather together and you can pray. And you have the power to bind things and, and the power to loose things. And when we do that, He can loose a blessing. He can, he can loose strength. He can give us healing. That same Jesus that walked the earth is still alive today. And, and when we gather together, He begins to perfect us. And those things that, that, that are harming us and those things that, that we're up against. He says, when you gather together and you come together, I'm in the midst. And, and you say, Pastor, you're awful passionate, passionate about the church. I am. I'm passionate about the church because I understand and realize that, that listen, we've all been hurt. If you're breathing, you've been hurt. But so often we, we get hurt, or so often we make a mistake, or so often we feel that, that, that we've failed. And so we can just see ourselves, and we see that frame, and, and we have these things coming against us, and we don't know what to do. We don't know how to get to that perfected state. We don't understand and realize that God wants to bless us. God wants to, to finish what He started. God says, and if you notice here, He says, what comes first? He said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. What that tells me is that it starts here. 
It starts by you saying, God, here are my hurts. God, here are my fears. God, here here are the things that that, that are just weighing me down. And, And when we give those to God, I believe that they ascend to heaven, and then He touches them, and then they descend back to us. Why is that? Because we have access. We have access to His throne. We have access to His healing. We have access to His power. We have authority. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 and 19. It says, Then Jesus came to them and He said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And when Jesus was was making this and, and talking and made these statements, it's thought that he was talking to as many as 500 people. And he's looking at them and saying, Listen, I'm giving you the same authority that I have. Now go out and use it. Go out and allow me to perfect you. Why does he want to perfect us? Why does he want to make us into something beautiful? It's because... When we are something beautiful, other people can look at us and they can say, I don't know what's happened in their life. I was talking to someone recently and they said, the reason I started coming to Gateway Church is because I knew someone. And I watched how that God was working in their life and how that God started with the foundation. Then he put up some framing. They understood that he believed in them. And then he started finishing them, perfecting them. And I've watched over the course of time how that their life has changed. That's what God wants to do in you, not just for our benefit. He doesn't just want to to, to perfect us so that we can look in the mirror and say, I've been perfected. But he wants others to look at us and say, I don't know what's happened, but I want to find out. I don't know what's happened, but I want that same foundation. I want that same finished product that they have. That's where I want to be. You see, the church is supernatural. And that's the supernatural process that happens. He loves us. He believes in us. And he perfects us. When we begin to think about that in our lives, we begin to think about all that God has done. There may be some of you here today that that you've really never experienced His love. You've never experienced it. You're sitting here today and you think, Pastor, that's that's really awesome. I just don't don't have that foundation you're talking about. I'm trying to, to, to build stuff on a foundation that's not firm. I'm trying to build stuff on a, a foundation that is that's a shaky ground. Pastor, I'm here today, but really I'm here out of fear. I'm here because I, I just don't want to go to hell. I'm here because uh, someone told me that if I didn't come, that, that I was a bad person, that God would, would, would frown upon me. I'm here out of fear because my parents told me if I didn't get out of bed, they were going to beat me. But you're here out of fear. What I want you to know is that God loves you. And that spirit of fear that you have, it doesn't come from Him. What God is calling to you today, He's saying, listen, I love you. I love you. And I want to provide a foundation 
that I can build my church on. As you bow your head and close your eyes, I would ask you, is there anyone here today that says, Pastor, that's me. I'm living my life based out of fear. The fear of God. Or I'm here and I've never truly accepted or received His love. I don't have that foundation. Would there be one that says, that's me. Thank you. I don't have that foundation. But I want it. Would it be anyone else? Listen, the first step, the first step to to God building anything, the first step to building anything is that foundation. Anyone else? For those that raised your hand, here's all we have to do. We're going to pray. And when we pray, you just have to Accept His love. Accept His love. Know that He loved you so much that He died for you. Ask Him into your life. Ask Him to forgive you. So as I pray, just whisper those words to to Him. Father, I thank You for sending Your Son to die for me. God, I know that I'm not worthy to be called your son, but through your grace and your mercy, I can be. Father, forgive me of my sin. Give me of the things that aren't pleasing to you. Come into my life. I want to be new, made new. God, I know it's not anything that I can do with my own human effort, but it's only through your supernatural saving power. Father, I love you. Thank you for coming into my life. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer, I'm telling you that the Bible tells us that if any man is in Christ, that he's a new creation, that the old things are passed away, that everything becomes new. You say, Pastor, I'm, I, I've accepted Christ, but, but I'm struggling. I'm struggling because I, I feel like I'm not good enough. I'm struggling because I, I feel like that every time that I try, I fail. I'm struggling because that, that every attempt that I've had to, to follow him, I mess up. Pastor, I'm, I'm so weak in my faith right now because I don't, I can't see myself in that finished state. I can't look at my life and think that God could ever do anything with me. Just a mess up. that's you just slip up your hand thank you thank you thank you I'm just I'm having a hard time seeing it pastor I'm like you walking into a building I just I can't visualize what my life would be like 
in a finished state. I just don't think I'll ever get there. I just want to blow it all up. Act like it never happened. Can I tell you that he believes in you? He believes in you. Listen, Peter made mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake. Yet God never gave up on him. Why? Because he saw him in his finished state. When Jesus was, rose from the dead and he, he came out of the tomb, he said, go tell the others and tell Peter. Why? Because I'm sure Peter felt like that all that stuff that, that he had been told about Jesus building the, the church and through him, he thought that that'll never happen because I couldn't even confess him in front of a little girl. He probably felt like a failure. But by Jesus saying, go tell the others and, and tell Peter, he was saying, go tell Peter, I still believe in him. Go tell Peter, I can do and I'm going to do and use him the way that I said I was. Anyone else? Pastor, that's me. If you raised your hand, I want you to know that he believes in you. He believes in you. And I'm going to ask everyone just to, to stand right where you are. We're going to pray. And if you raised your hand, number one, I, as I always say, this altar is completely open all the time. If you want to come to this altar and pray, there will be a, people that will pray with you and believe with you and reassure you of God's love and His faith in you. So this altar is open if you want to pray. But we're going to pray. And I want you to, to know that God loves you. And he sees you and he's working to perfect you. And just because your past, your past does not define your future. Don't let it. Don't let it. So as we begin to pray, if you want to come to the altar, feel free to. We'll pray with you. But regardless, if you raised your hand, believe in your heart and know, know that he believes in you. Father, I come before you right now. God, you see the hands that went up all across this auditorium. God, you see how the enemy continues to attack. God, to blind us from what we could look like in our finished state. God, so many of us feel like failures and we feel like just complete mess-ups. God, we feel like we've done too much. God, to ever be used by you. God, we feel like that, 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 that there's no way 
that you can make anything out of us that's beautiful. Father, right now, I pray, God, that you will speak to our hearts. Allow us to know and allow us to see that you don't see us as we are. But God, you see us as what we can be. God, that you have confidence and faith in us. God, you have so much faith in us that you told us that it was our job as followers of you, even though we mess up, even though we make mistakes, God, that you left us. God, you weren't selective, but you said anyone that will be my disciple, anyone who will follow after me, I am leaving you with a job, and that job is to advance my kingdom. God, when we allow you to perfect us, we know that that can happen. So God, for everyone who feels unworthy, who feels like nothing ever good could happen out of their life, God, speak to them right now and let them know, God, that you believe in them. One more group of people, and I just just want to do this. You might be here this morning, and you you say, Pastor, uh, I, I I'm following after Christ, and and I, I built my foundation on love, and and I'm letting Him perfect me. But there's some things happening right now in my life that I need something supernatural to happen. There's things in my life going right now that, and that I'm up against that, that I, I feel like that no matter what I do, they're not getting any better. No matter what I do, no matter how much I pray, no matter how much I, I, I seek Him, I feel like that, that things are just going the opposite direction. No matter how I, much I try to just work them out on my own. And I tell you, today that you need something supernatural you need something beyond human effort you need something that only God can do and he has told us in his word that we can come together and that we can pray and that he hears our prayers and that we send them up and that he blesses them and he sends them back down what are you saying pastor I'm saying don't give up keep praying know that you have the authority given to you And that he can do something supernatural, something beyond human effort that will change your life forever. So we're going to close in this prayer. Pastor Nick's going to lead us in a a course just to seal his word in our heart. But if you need something supernatural in your life, I want you to call out to him. Call out to him. When we're gathered together, he's in our midst. And I promise you, he hears you. Father, I come before you right now. And God, you see every person in this auditorium. And God, you know the the things that, that we are up against that seem insurmountable. God, you see the hurt, the pain. God, you know the situations. God, whether they're physical, spiritual, financial, emotional. God, you know them all. God, we've tried everything that we can do on our own in our own effort. But God, today, we bring them and lay them at your feet. 
God, we cry out to you. And God, we pray that, that, that as we bind things and as we loose things, God, that you will do what only you can do. God, that you will touch like only you can touch. God, for every person that, that is in a situation that they feel like just giving up, God, I pray that as we continue to cry out to you, God, as we continue to stand on your word, God, we know, Father, that you are working in all situations. God, we believe in the access that you've given us, the keys that you've given us to heaven. God, I pray that for everyone here, God, that you will reassure them that you love them. God, that you're working on them. And God, that you will do what you've said that you would do. God, we stand and know that you began a good work in us and that you're going to see it through to completion. Don't let us give up. Become weary. Let us keep going. Father, we love you. Can we seal this in our hearts with this course? Through the sun sets free, always free indeed. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. In my Father's house, there's a place. thankful that you're a child of the king amen Amen. hallelujah as you leave today i want you to know that the bible says that we're overcomers by the word of our testimony if god spoke to you today or or you have been ministered to or he's dealing something in your heart don't leave here without telling someone Uh, be some staff down in the cafe Uh, if you haven't received one of our uh, 15 year celebration mugs we gave them out last week and uh, if you didn't get one of those or if you're a guest uh, I would love for you to come down it's big enough that you can drink coffee or eat soup uh, but we would love to just talk to you and allow you to allow us to know what God's doing in your life we love you uh, be sure and don't forget about life groups and next week we'll be talking about the church and it being a place that should be relational have a great week